All the latest news, views and reaction to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442FM. Thanks Jacko and welcome to 442FM, the new podcast for the new A-League season, season 9. My name is Aidan Ormond, I'm the editor of 442 Magazine and joining me in the studio is the editor or the online editor of 442, au.442.com, Kevin Ayres. Yeah, hello. Um, as you may have noticed, Jacko is actually not with us. He's now based in Singapore, but you will hear him every week in that intro. Um, so here we are. It's a few days before the start of the A-League, Kev. We're in uh, a studio. We've got some guests on the phone. We've got some recorded guests. Um, so, yeah, how are you feeling? Uh, looking forward to uh, getting this season underway. It's been a hell of a long off-season yet again. Yeah. Uh, and good to have got out and saw a couple of uh, pre-season games, get a taste for what direction it's going in. Uh, I think the one that uh, surprises both was Adelaide. Mm. Uh, they were an unknown quantity. Wellington Phoenix are the other unknown quantity, I think, this season, but uh, Adelaide had been flying very under, much under the radar. Uh, but uh, from what we saw of them against Wanderers a couple of weeks ago, mm. very impressive. And I think the thing about this pre-season, Kevin, is that uh, we don't have an influx of big-name marquees, but we've got a really strong influx of the sort of like the next level down uh, of, of kind of really good players, but they're not perhaps marquee players, but they're just adding to the quality overall. Well, I think that, yeah, again, that's epitomised by uh, Adelaide. You know, a number of times that I was... Uh, looking to my team sheet to see who the hell these players were, and even then not recognising the names uh, because the, the signings had slipped through without me really sitting up and taking notice. But I think uh, the reality is that a lot of these players, like uh, Sergio Tirio and uh, Perth, Sydney... Scolet. That's the one. Um, are uh, really going to make fans sit up and take notice, even though they're not household names in the way that Del Piero and Heskey were this time last season. Mm. Uh, I think uh, it's it's going to be an interesting, exciting re- uh, year ahead. Very different, I think, from last season because we were riding the the crest of the mm. wave of uh, you know these big name signings. Uh, we've come to terms with Heskey being in the the A League with uh, Del Piero with Ono. Uh, and in those terms, it's not that excitement uh, that we've we've not experienced before. Uh, but like I say, these new names that are coming in, I think, uh, could bring ticket to a whole new level again. And I think when it comes to marquees, it's good that they're not just here for the season; that we're really getting value for them, aren't we? Absolutely. Two seasons in. Yeah, I mean, I think that was. Uh, uh, a problem we had in the past with people like Janinho, uh, who came and went, uh, and you know, Cosmina, in his ultimate wisdom, for some reason decided that because Janinho wasn't going to be there next season, he was going to stop playing him. Uh, I mean, he had suffered injury problems, but uh, his injury problems were nothing compared to the issues he faced with Cosmina just choosing not to to select him. So when you've got the continuity of marquees coming back for a second season. It just uh, it really you get your money's worth out of them uh, in every possible way. And what is terrific also is that um, there are players coming back into the A League that we haven't seen for a while. Nick Carl's back. Um, Speranovic is you could say back in the A League because he did play I think one friendly for Victory many years ago. Did he? Yeah, I think he was part of a, an experimental side and then he was um, off to Germany. Players as well. Nathan Burns. Nathan Burns. Um, Carlos is back. Carlos Hernandez. And I was talking to Ernie Merrick at the, the A-League launch in Sydney yesterday. And he reckons that uh, Carlos has lost about four kilos doing a lot of double sessions. Really? And really... Because his headshot suggested otherwise, to oh, be honest. Oh, little faith, Kevin. <laughs> I think uh, you'll see a good 60 minutes out of Carlos on the weekend against Brisbane Raw. Um, he's probably not 100% match fit as yet, but he's obviously got an eye on the World Cup. Uh, Costa Rica have already qualified. So, you know, he, he wants to play the World Cup. And I think Archie mentioned that yesterday, that there are so many players out there who want to play the World Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it's gone that, that as well as another edge to this season. So, um, without sounding like we're spin doctors, we're very excited. Yes, yes. Here at 4 for 2. I think, uh, you know, it's a double-edged sword, though, because you've got the A-League season kicking off on uh, the weekend, but we've also got these two uh, Socceroos friendlies uh, this weekend, which is uh, 
taking us in a completely different direction uh, and also not nearly the anticipation that you might expect from uh, Australia playing former world champions France mm. and what should be on paper a relatively easy win against Canada. Uh, instead, everybody's kind of brushing these games under the carpet. There's been no real buzz from the FFA about it. There's mm. no, uh, no I excitement. The coaches don't like it as well. I think clearly losing players for the first round. I think it's madness. Yeah. It's utterly madness. You know, I can understand why the FFA wants to push ahead with the A League kicking off this weekend because there is the vacuum in the wake of the grand, the two grand finals that we've just had. Uh, and they want to uh, quickly move into that space. But by the same token, you've got the Melbourne Derby with several of the key players not there. Mm. You know, your skipper's not there uh, for Melbourne victory. Mifsud as well. Mifsud's not there yeah. for uh, a Melbourne Derby. is not there for Central Coast. Um, so uh, it is, I guess it's just, uh, I think a lot of the coaches would say, well, look, why don't we just start the A-League the following week? I agree. Why don't we? Yeah. Um, I think we should pay attention to these international uh, breaks. Mm. You know, if if we're a premier elite level of football as it's supposed to be, then the premier elite levels around the world tend to uh, pay attention to the the international breaks and have that break. And I think over time, I think the A League will 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 have more and more players in the national. Well, team. ultimately, so it's got to be the ambition. Yeah. Ultimately, I think we're heading in that direction. We're not heading in the other way, where we're going to have less and less. It's actually going to be more. So, well, you know, even it probably if, makes sense. Even if we didn't have our players uh, in the A League playing in the, the national team, they're still going to want to watch the match. Mm. Uh, and you know that that will interfere if it's in the middle of the night, six o'clock in the morning, or whatever. That's going to interfere with the training or with uh, the schedule for uh, game day anyway. Mm. So you know um, it's it's not good mm. either way. It's not good. No, uh, interesting off season. I think uh, I think it's the first off season where we've had a truly international off season. Uh, we've had teams go to Italy, Indonesia, China, Japan. Um, even Tasmania, technically that's overseas. Yeah. Um, what have you made overall? I mean, I, th- I think the, the thing that has concerned me has been the injuries that we've, we've seen in, in pre-season. I think mainly to uh, Melbourne Heart and Sydney. Mm. Sydney, uh, uh, Melbourne Heart have lost Engelar, obviously, uh, and a couple of other niggling injuries. Yeah. But I think Sydney have been decimated mm. uh, once again. And I know when the new regime came into Sydney, uh, midway through last season there was a lot of questions being asked about the, the pre-season training regime uh, this season seems to have the same questions needing to be asked if not more so uh, Sydney came in with uh, without too many injuries last season but players uh, below par in terms of fitness this season Anthony Korea seems to have pushed them and got them fit but uh, had taken a few injuries along the way as well so they just can't win. Uh, and they need to win. They, they, the, the league needs a strong Sydney FC. Yeah, I think uh, they're going to have the work cut out. They've got a great squad on paper, but I can't see they're one of... The, the league is so tight, the, the margins are so fine, it's very difficult to define who is going to be in the top six, who's not going to be in the top six, who's not going to make the finals. Personally... Um, I think Sydney are in very strong danger of slipping out of the the top six and I know that that's just their ambition is to make the finals but I think you know realistically they should be looking higher than that they should be talking about trying to make the grand final but they're not they're just wanting to make it into the finals I think that's that's a distinct lack of ambition on their part but also it's realistic that uh, they're struggling to make the finals Mm. Uh, in terms of who else isn't going to make it um, Newcastle Jets is, seems to be pretty much an almost unanimous choice that they're going to struggle. I think they've got a very good team on paper. I saw somebody in Newcastle was saying it's the best, the strongest lineup they've had in the seasons, and there is an element of truth in that. Uh, it is a very strong uh, lineup by Newcastle standards, and there is a lot of depth to it. But I think they failed to keep pace with the rest of the 
the uh, and that's the the, uh, keeping pace. That's the key point of the A League right yeah, now. Absolutely, everybody else is moving at a pace. Absolutely, and if you're moving at a pace, you're just keeping up with them. Yep. you need to double that just to get ahead. So yep. that's the great thing I think about the A League is that if you looked at A League season one, yep. eight years ago on I think it was Sydney playing Victory at the SFS. You looked at that game in isolation to, let's say, Friday night's game. You're going to see a, a quite a large difference in quality, even though those two sides are currently not probably at their best. But I think overall... Well, you say that, but I think, you know, victory are my tip for the top. I really think they've recruited exceptionally well. Uh, and it, I think this time, with Contreras there in defence, uh, that could be the, the missing ingredient for them uh, to, to really settle down and push for uh, the title. The Mariners, a lot of chops and changes uh, in the close season for them this year. There has been in the past as well. I mean, you know, they're doing their conveyor belt uh, production line of t- top quality mm. talent um, that, you know, they've managed to sell across the world. But this time, I think Arnie's really going to have his work cut out to, to achieve the, the glories that he's had in the I'll past. If and he, if, he, if, he if he can, he can Yeah, if you can do it. You know, yeah, fair play to them. I'm not writing yeah. them off in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying it's a huge, uh, it's it's quite a large sea change. Mm. Uh, and of course, they go in as champions, Kevin, which is a different pressure. Although Arnie's trying to deflect that, obviously, yeah. by saying that well, it's half, basically a half new side, but Absolutely. essentially they are champions. So the interesting go? thing with the Mariners is what they've done with the goals, uh, with the keeper, uh, mm. and I think this is uh, an area that they are really going to live to regret uh, Liam Reddy is such an odd acquisition for them um, I just don't understand the thinking behind that uh, when he's on form he's not a bad keeper you know but you would think there are better options out there mm. Australia's not short of good keepers mm. and it does sound according to Arnie that he's actually going to play him yeah. So uh, we'll see Look, we'll Hasfield has been you know a number two for such a long yeah. time now uh, and you can't help but feel there's a reason for that, that he's never made that step up uh, before now. And I'm sure that he'd be asking the same question now that Liam's there, is yeah. that he would have thought he would probably be number yeah. one. But, look, but you know, you know, Galekovic was number two for a long time as well, uh, and now arguably you know, the best uh, player, mm. best keeper in the, in the league. So you know, players can make that step up, give them the chance. Um, but yeah, I think... That's, that's going to be their the Achilles heel this mm. season. And that just touches on, on, on Matty Ryan, and we'll probably speak about Matty Ryan later, as mm. what a season he's having in, uh, in, in Belgium. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just a clean great sheet story. After clean sheet. That after he's gone sheet. straight into a first-team spot, yeah. which is so important for our players, that they don't sit on, on benches for too long. He's yeah. gone straight in, and they love him over there. But look, if you want to find out more about the A-League, the A-League issue of 442 is still on sale, although tomorrow, Thursday, the new issue of 442 magazine with the World Game magazine logo on the top will be available. So get out and buy it at your local newsagent. But you can still get a copy of 442's A-League preview, which is still on the shelves. So a little bit of a crossover today. But look, that's the first section done. Kev, uh, in the next section, we are going to talk about what's happening on the website, au.442.com, and speak to a few people in the industry. See you then. And we're back on 442 FM. I'm with Kevin Ayres. And joining us on the line, live from SBS Studios, is one of the stars of Thursday FC, David Strillich. Hello and welcome. Guys, how you doing? Good, good, good. Hello, mate. Strilla, uh, here we are, 24 hours to go before the start of a, a very exciting new show uh, with yourself. Uh, Matt O'Kine and Lucy Zelich. Talk us through the preparations for this this great new show on SBS2 at 8.30. Uh, let me tell you guys, it's it's very exciting, not only for this show, but everything that's going on uh, uh, with uh, SBS at the moment in preparation for the A-League. Obviously, we've got the Friday night game as well and the highlights mm. uh, every Monday. But the Thursday uh, FC show is really different. I mean, it's an entertainment show. Um, it's it's really uh, it's, it's it's a different light. We're going to see uh, what the guys get up to outside of football, and obviously you're going to have your football chat as well. But there's going to be plenty of entertainment, so plenty of music and, and plenty of 
um, celebrities from outside the game as well. So there's a really good mix of football and entertainment. Um, and we've been going through the preps now for quite some time. We've done all the rehearsals. Um, it's all looking really, really good. And I think uh, fans out there are going to be really excited by it. Zdrilla, I, I love the promos for the show. I've seen you in a red and white tracksuit and, and, and a shocking mo. Talk us through what that's all about. I tell you what, there's people that are expecting me to be on the show like that. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I thought they'd be happy this when I said no. But that I won't be wearing that get-up on the show. But that was, uh, yeah, that was a little promo where I'm playing like a, I don't know what, I don't know which country I'm supposed to be from. No, no, it's a little confusing. <laughs> It was a bit confusing, yeah, but it was um, it sort of uh, turned out to be sort of funny, I guess, but it was really good do- doing things like that. And uh... Oh, we're losing you there. Strilla, I think we're losing you on the line there. We're, mate, we might have to wrap this up, but look, uh, it's on at 8.30 tomorrow night on SBS2. Uh, Lucy Zelich is on the show, Matt O'Kine. Uh, Ned Zelich, I believe, is that correct? Ned Zellich will be on the first show as well, and we're going to have a lot of our um, guys from SBS coming on in each show, so you're going to see all the regulars coming on at some point. Fantastic. And I've been following the band Cartoon on Twitter. They sound like a lot of fun as well. They're really loving it, and you're going you're to get familiar with those guys as well. They're great. Um, their music is fantastic. And uh, as well as them, there's plenty of other acts coming on. It's going to be great. Fantastic. Well, look, you can read more about um, Thursday FM, uh, Thursday, Thursday FC, rather, uh, in the new issue of 442 Magazine out tomorrow. But for the moment, Striller, thank you, and we'll see you at the studios tomorrow night. Thanks, guys. Thank you. See you. Striller, fantastic. Looking forward to the show. Um, part of three TV shows that um, uh, SBS2 have on the A-League. So, yeah, very exciting. Kev, you, you'll be watching, I guess. Yes, might even be in the audience. That's right. right. A group of us from 442 are going over there. But look, Kev, uh, you're the editor of 442 Online. What's been happening uh, online? Any any news that you can sort of tell us? Well, um, it's the, uh, what's been the biggest news this week? No, it was the big A-League season launch yesterday. Um, and... A few interesting lines came out of that uh, beyond the uh, the actual kickoff of the season. Um, had David Gallup, well, first of all, the uh, the FFA scored something of an own goal at the weekend uh, when they uh, announced that uh, there would be another crackdown uh, with police uh, help on uh, active support getting out of hand uh, and another desperate attempt to. Sell football as a family-friendly sport, which, uh, to be honest, I actually thought we'd we'd got away from. We'd realised that, you know, the active support, the RBB, the, everything that was happening down in Melbourne, uh, that was the future of the sport. And the, the FFA's newest ad campaign, yet again, is Power of the Game, the fans' power of the game, with the, the focus on, you know, fan reactions more than even than the, the action on the, on the pitch. Uh, and yet, they, uh, as they launch that, 24 hours before they launch that, they, uh, they talk about this uh, crackdown on uh, active support, which you know, seems to shoot themselves in the foot. With it, rem- it, it is rather appalling. hard to fathom, isn't it? It really is. You know, and the, as this is all going on, uh, they, they tweet that um, uh, they, uh, what's the most extreme form of support you've seen? Mm. <laughs> What what are you on about? Mm. It's such terrible hypocrisy, mixed messages. Mm. And I think I think either embrace the fans and what they stand for, defend the sport, or you know send the fans away and you know, concentrate on the action on the pitch and invite families in and make it you know very uh, sanitised and inoffensive. Uh, we we are what we are. Embrace it. Love it. Well, they are embracing it. it, and yet this is happening. So, Well, this is where the hypocrisy yeah, comes uh, in. Yeah, it is hard to fathom. Why don't we ring a fan in Melbourne who's contacted us and uh, see what they've got to say, because the, the Herald Sun have run a, a story uh, on this, and uh, we've been contacted by a few fans, and I'm just going to ring one of the fans who's contacted us, and we're going to talk to this fan who's a Victory fan um, about uh, this, this sort of crackdown. So um, we're actually just calling him right now. Uh, Hello. This is uh, 442 FM. How are you going? Look, I know that you don't want your name announced, but uh, you're a Victory fan, and we're going to talk to you about what's happening in Melbourne at the moment. Uh, yeah, yeah, just a few sort of concerns that I think myself and a lot of different fans have 
sort of uh, recent measures in, you know, introduced by the club and the, the government, essentially. Mm. Uh, um, now, this this came out through a Herald Sun story where where they were reporting that there was there will be a crackdown on so so called football hooligans or soccer hooligans. Um, although, if you really look at it, we're actually quite hooligan free, really, aren't we? I mean, I, I would say so. I, I you know I've been around in the old NSL. I supported um, uh, Sydney Croatia back in the day. Um, I saw a few things back then. Mm. Nothing is bad, you know. And even then, that wasn't that bad. It's all mm. part of that sort of culture that, unfortunately, football, you know, lives in in Australia when it comes to, to sport. I mean, the ridiculous thing is that the the arrest and eviction record is actually far worse than just about every other sport, including cricket. You know, which you would think is the most inoffensive sport of all, uh, compared to uh, to to football, uh, to A-League football. It's mm. uh, it's a ridiculous overreaction, uh, and the fact that the FFA don't defend their fans more annoys me so much. And the fact that they encourage the the police to bring mounted police to stand on the sidelines off games when there is absolutely no danger at all, as they did in Penrith uh, for the Wanderers game. It just baffles me. And that they defend this. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so, I mean, I believe that uh, the uh, uh, North Terrace uh, are now threatening to uh, to stay away from games. Is that correct? Um, you know, obviously I sort of can't speak for you know, the leadership of, of the North Terrace and if everybody involved, there's you know, personal sort of issues with that and their own sort of beliefs. But just as an average fan, somebody who's been going to the games for for years, um, been an active member for ever since that was introduced, like in, I think, season three or four, uh, family and friends, none of none of us have ever bought, you know, none of us have ever bought a flare in, none of us have ever broken a chair, uh, none of us have ever assaulted like a police officer. And yet, essentially, we're, you know, we're made to look like criminals just because of the presence of some, some bad people in a crowd somewhere. Mm. Exactly. I mean, the thing that uh, gets me most annoyed is that the fans are literally the only people who have paid to be in that stadium. Everyone else is getting paid to be there. The fans are the only people paying to be there, and they are treated like criminals. Uh, they're yeah. herded around like cattle. Uh, and there's just That's no respect shown. And it's getting worse with each year. It is, and it's. I mean, it got pretty bad at some stages, but this the issue I think this time around is that it's just come out of the blue. There was no consultation. I, uh, a lot of Victory fans haven't actually received their memberships, and we're getting our uh, what do they call it, like the the season review DVD uh, in the mail instead of our memberships. Like, there's no word about what's actually happening. Uh, I could miss out on my seat in the terrace that I've had for for years because they're introducing tarps to cut out 100 or 200 people. I have no idea what's going on, me or my family or my friends. Mm. Uh, Can I also uh, ask you about this notion that uh, in Melbourne particularly, there's there's what you might call an AFL propaganda. Um, I've lived in Melbourne myself, and, and, and we all know... Uh, the AFL, how powerful it is, but it's also very, very wary of football's growth, particularly in Sydney with the Wanderers. Do you feel that part of this this whole thing is driven by perhaps a, a fear of football? Maybe not a fear. I think it's it's just sort of like, a, like maybe initially a disinterest. Like the, it was just sort of, you know, it was a difference. Um, but it's in the news. I mean... You know, they do see. They see the flares reported. They see the police and the sniffer dogs at the lines. And then to the average person, the average, you know, Melbourneian, they have the AFL, which has been here for, for how long? 100 years or so? Mm. And then all of a sudden, here's this upside sort of league. And the image is literally portrayed by the media and by the FFA and by the club uh, that don't go to the game because it's essentially it's dangerous, mm. which is odd because we have a year of record memberships. Yeah, like I don't, I don't get that. So yeah. I, I, it confuses me. Well, look, it'll be interesting to see what the fans' reaction is on Saturday night when uh, the, uh, the victory play heart in the Melbourne derby. I'm looking forward to the game, irrespective of this situation. And look, uh, uh, we thank you for your time today, and, and we hope that you still support football. I uh, definitely support it all my life. Thank you for this. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's great to speak to fans, isn't it, Kev? It is, but uh, you know, I wish it was under better circumstances. It I, is. I've, I've, don't like the fact that um, the uh, 
it has effectively caused a division amongst the fans themselves, yeah, where the, it's, it's uh, the blue and white brigade yeah. are now wanting to take over the area by left vacant by North Terrace, apparently, as I understand it. And this, this, that division, that sort of civil war, the, the, it's not good for the game, and it's unnecessary. Mm. You know, there's... Last season we had, uh, you know, musical instruments being banned because of people... Uh, lighting flares, drums don't light flares. It's not going to solve anything. That kind of thing, and it's this naughty schoolboy approach that the FFA takes with all fans. Uh, this strict governor governor stance. Uh, it makes no sense. You know, let, treat the fans as equals, treat them with respect, and you might get them to uh, go along with what you're looking for. If you treat, treat them like naughty school, school children, you're not going to get uh, the kind of response that you're hoping for. Okay. Now, Kev, uh, I understand also, just away from that issue that uh, you've spoken with, um, you know, we have a lot of people on 442, uh, 442's website, um, around the world, and, and we have one of them who is based in Japan who does our overseas Aussies. Um, and I think that you spoke to this gentleman uh, earlier today, I understand. His name is Adam Howard. I did indeed. Uh, best known on uh, Twitter as OS Aussies. And uh, with a bit of luck, we are going to have him uh, online now. Are you there, Adam? I am here. Aha! How good is that? Wonders of modern technology. Uh, you are in Japan at the moment, I understand. Are you? Uh, yes, in the football hotbed of Hiroshima. Yeah, Hiroshima, yes. We don't talk about hotbeds in Hiroshima, though, do we? Was that uh, no, that's true. resurrecting the past somewhat? Um, no. <laughs> so tell me, just from your own personal uh, situation, how did you come to be uh, following the, the fortunes of our young Aussies overseas? Um, so just like looking for, I, I couldn't quite find enough info on who was coming through, and um, you know, you, get, you can, I can get A League information quite easy, but uh, yeah, I just so I, I thought I'd do a bit of digging, and when I couldn't find anything, I thought, well, why not start it myself and have a go? Sent out some emails and got some good replies, so yeah, from, all from there it's kicked off. Excellent. So. Uh... Bring us up to date. Who's who's having some uh, great times overseas at the moment? Um, I'd say like just in the last uh, week or so, uh, looking at the you know who's been getting a, a run, and it was great to see on Monday that Ben Halloran got his first start of the season for uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf, um, and they beat um, Kreuterfurt two uh, one. He played a full match. I sort of see that as. He's sort of going through that same process that Robbie Cruz went to, through when he joined Fortuna, so they're kind of slowly easing him in there. Um, so it's a good sign he's got a, a start so early. Excellent. Um, and Matty Ryan's been having a, a run. We um, were just talking about him earlier. He's, he's doing wonderful things uh, with yeah. uh, clean sheet after clean sheet in Brussels. He's making uh, like the teams Ed of Bruges, the week. Right? His coach Bruges. is talking him up. Um, yeah, it's really good. A uh, good start from his Belgian career. In fact, you know we're going to be doing an interview with him on the site soon. Excellent, very good. Uh, and who else? Robbie Cruz obviously has uh, been having a good run, but uh, Matthew Leckie and Oliver Bazanic also uh, two flyers recently. Yeah, well, Oli's played uh, you know twelve league and cup games so far um, and scored six goals from midfield. Um, so yeah, you can't ask for a better start to the season than that. A lot of strikers would be happy with that record, wouldn't I they? Saw on a, I saw on four four two. Someone said um, with Ollie and uh, Dario having such a great start to the season, was Scott Chipperfield A League quality? <laughs> 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 but yeah, Dario. Uh, speaking of which, he's had another great start to his uh, Sion career. Uh, he scored a brace on the weekend. You know the defending wasn't the best, but he his finishing was was class. Um, uh, his coach has also come out and said that he's really changed the dynamic of the team since joining, which is a huge wrap. 
That's good. Hopefully we'll see uh, plenty more from him. Yeah, you'd hope so, yeah. And return to the Socceroos lineup too? Um, yeah, I mean, that, the thing is, he's in a position that there are a lot of young guys coming through, you know, like even, you know, Bazanich is a, is a competitor in, in that respect. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how Holger juggles that. Yeah, so uh, what are your expectations for the weekend? <laughs> um, I think we'll have one good hit out. <laughs> um, I don't you know. Hope? It depends on how, how we approach that game. Like uh, the first game against France... Uh, this is the one that everyone's going to be really watching closely. I, I, we shouldn't write off Canada, but you know France is the real test for us, and it'll be interesting to see if, if he does go with a younger lineup. Um, you could say throwing them to the, the you know the lambs to the slaughter. Um, you know, I think guys like Lecky and and Cruz and or you know can hold their own in in this sort of uh, you know um, situation. Adam, can I just ask, this is Ada here, by the way. Um, Adam, can I ask you about um, Shinji? Um, is there much uh, focus on Shinji's career here in Australia over there in Japan? I'm assuming you're talking about Ono or not Kagawa. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, until Kikawa signs for Wanderers, I'll stick with Ono then. I think Ono still had more game time than uh, Kagawa anyway. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's been a good move, uh for Shinji. Maybe Kagawa should come to the A-League, um, get a bit of a run. Well, as long as he has another um, Scottish manager, he'll probably get some game time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he, uh, to be fair, like you don't hear a lot about Ono here. Um, some people that know that I, I, I'm sort of into football, you know, they might mention, oh, Ono's in Australia, How, how's he doing? But you, we don't get a lot of info on him. They're not very sentimental here about past heroes. Seriously, I thought they would be. To be honest, I thought they'd be in Shizuoka. I think he is, like, because mm. that's his hometown, and yeah, um, you know, they love him there. But uh, they really, you know, they do focus on the the, the guys now, like Kagawa and, and Honda. Yeah, um, the next generation, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and they do, and they have been replenishing their squad every. Know, three or four years. You know, Shusuke Nakamura still playing in the J League. Um, he got uh, in the, the the Player of the Month or something here recently. But he's not going to get a look in in the national team. Yeah, he'll be one for um, the and that's just the way they. He's a J League marquee for sure. But look, uh, Adam, thanks so much for your time today. No problem. It was a pleasure being on. All right, mate. Take care. We'll speak soon. Okay, see ya. See ya. And uh, we'll be back in two seconds, Kev, to preview the first round of the A-League starting on Friday night. Welcome back to 442 FM, the new 442 podcast for the new season. I'm joined by Kevin Ayres, the editor of 442 Online. And, uh, oh, it's been an interesting show. We've had Striller on the line. We've had uh, a fan from Victory and we've had Adam Howard from uh, Japan. Um, And look... We're going to finish off by doing a preview of the uh, the first round of the A-League. Kev, Friday night it all kicks off at Allianz. Sydney FC versus Newcastle Jets. Um, I guess you could say two sides who are, um, I suppose, not in the best uh, of form and probably not many people tipping them for the six. But I'm, I'm calling it already. It's the battle for the wooden spoon. It is the battle. Oh, well, there, there you go. Yeah, you've heard this, it here first. This could be the deciding... Result to see who comes bottom. Now, I mean, I think that's un- it's possibly a l- little bit unfair of um, a for uh, Sydney. It's unfair for both of them. It's early days yet, but based on injuries and based on recruitment and last season, um, Sydney have the the cattle there, but they don't seem to be using it particularly well at all. I mean, in pre-season, they played five A-League games. They sh- of which one we saw. Yeah, and they shipped three goals again, and three of them, I think it was. 
Uh, they lost. They didn't win any of the the preseason A League opposition games, as far as I know. Puzzling because they did quite well in Italy. I mean, they did. They didn't embarrass themselves. They didn't. Well. No. Which uh, uh, and then you they know, came back and they dropped off. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, maybe they're getting the losses out the way early. Uh, when positive spin, Kev. Absolutely. Very spin absolutely. From a Sydney yeah. side, who will be there on Friday night, and another person who will be there on the pitch on Friday night will be a man we love, Josh Berlante. Best beard in the A-League, although he's cut it back a little bit. We had a quick chat to Josh on the pitch at Allianz Stadium yesterday, talking about uh, marking uh, um, Del Piero and just generally Newcastle, and also his beard. He's a better than average, of course. So, um, uh, Josh, just talk us through this, this pre-season that you've had. You've obviously had a, a young Socceroos yeah. campaign. Now you've got the season starting. How do you feel personally, and what's your perception of how the team is going? Yeah, no, I'm feeling really good, you know, coming off the back of a tournament and then having a strong pre-season. We've had a nice, good, strong pre-season leading into the season, so very excited for the first game. Just looking at some of the previews of, of the season and we focus on the Jets, yeah. some say maybe it's a too young a side yet, uh, but I think there's a little bit more experience now, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. We do have a lot of young players, but, you know, a lot of them have gained a lot of experience last season with, with a lot of game time, so I think it's time for us to step up and take some responsibility. You say step up, obviously that means finals football. It has to be finals yeah, football. Yeah, that's sure. right. The last couple of years we haven't made it to the top six, so I think this is due for us to make it to the finals. Josh, talks through uh, Q Jallians. Is that the correct pronunciation of yeah, the yeah, Is it Q? Yeah, Q. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you say it, yeah. Uh, t- t- tell us a little bit more about this player. We don't know a lot about him. Yeah. Um, Well, there you go. Josh Berlanti, his beard and 
the form ahead of the uh, the game against Sydney. Uh, Josh Berlanti, I guess one of the stars of the A-League, Kev. Uh, one of the rising stars, you could say? Certainly. I mean, his uh, appearances in the, the Green Gold uh, were quite impressive during that tournament. Mm. Whose location, which location? Was I in Turkey? That's the one, yeah. yes. Uh, he was a bit of a standout over there. Mm. Um, hopefully he'll get the chance to uh, shine at the Jets. Mm. Gary Van Egmond has some odd selection policies and... Anybody that we tip for the top, he generally seems to drop the next week. So mm. I'm not going to pick, pick him out. Of, so. And it's hard to know where Brillante is going to play because he can play right back, he can play central as a holding midfielder. He's very versatile. Yeah. Um, and he's scored an absolutely brilliant goal, correct me if I'm wrong, at the World Cup as well. Yes. Um, so a, a terrific talent and, and, a, and a very unique looking footballer, I absolutely think. Absolutely stands out on the pitch and very, very different to the picture I took off him this time last year, pre-beard, mm. as in I wouldn't have recognised him with the beard. In fact, I didn't. However, um, so that's, uh, that's, that's Friday right. night's game. Yeah. And that's on SBS2, um, as well as Fox Sports, of course. Yes. Um, Joint commentary team, which yes. uh, I only found out about last weekend, which is going to be quite interesting. Robbie Slater and David Bashir that's together right. at last. Yeah. So it's a, a cross-pollination of Fox and SBS, which is good. Not many hair follicles between them, and I know I'm not one to speak as we can yes, see it. Yes, I'm on. actually looking at Kevin Ayres, who is officially now bald. Yeah, this was a mistake, and uh, I did it just uh, showed Edo just before we came on air, and you should have seen his face fall. <laughs> it was quite a picture. You should see my face fall when I first saw myself after I did it. I got carried away with the razor at the weekend. Speaking of getting carried away, they're going to get carried away in Gosford on Saturday because yep. there's. Uh, from what I can gather from Benny O'Neill, who I was talking to at the launch, uh, it's pretty much a sellout um, at Blue Tongue. Excellent. Which is around about eighteen to 19,000, um, depending on the members turning up, of course. But look, either way, it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. And that's the second game of the weekend, the grand final rematch between the Wanderers and, and the Mariners. In brief, how do you think it'll go? I think it's going to be a fascinating match. Um, I think the atmosphere might end up being more enjoyable than the match itself, though. Uh, I've just got a feeling that these are going to be two sides feeling each other out, Mariners feeling themselves out, basically wondering how that they're going to work in operation together. Um, Wanderers very much unchanged, uh, essentially, uh, from the team they put out last season. Tommy Urich is going to be, and I've probably pronounced that wrong, but uh, their new striker is going to be the standout for me. I want, can't wait to see him in action. Um, I, I, I said at uh, pre-season when I saw him being signed that could be the missing ingredient mm. that they were looking for uh, I think the fact that they're such a settled side uh, with so few changes can only work in their favour um, interestingly enough when I was putting my fancy football team together I don't have a single Marin A Wanderers player in my fancy football team not because I don't fancy them but because individually they're not standouts. It's a team effort, uh, and I think that's key to their season. Tommy Urich uh, could be their single most important uh, player, uh, but uh, I think it's a tip it to be uh, a Mariners, uh, sorry, a Wanderers win mm. this time. I think it could be uh, two 0 I'm going to tip. I'm going to tip a, a brawl early early doors. I'm, I think Poliak will hammer Flores early doors. There'll be a little bit of argy bargy. The fans will get involved, of course, but I think I'm with you. I think it could be a very tight game. Yeah. Clash of the Titans here. Yeah. And they rarely are open games. I think it's early in the season as well. When and I, I, think when I say a 2 0 win, I don't think the Wanderers are going to dominate in any way, mm. shape, or form. I think they're going to sneak two goals. Mm. Uh, I think, if anything, Mariners might even have you know majority of the possession. Um, Which is not unusual in a, in a Wanderers game. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for the, uh, the Jets and the Sydney, I'm predicting 0 uh, 0. Mm. Yeah, that's a tough one to predict because both sides are a little bit up and down at the moment. Yeah. But I think I might be with you on that. It could be a one-one draw. Um, Super Saturday because straight after that particular game in Gosford, we go Showpiece. straight down to, to Melbourne match. for the big one, the Melbourne Derby. We were talking to a, a victory fan earlier, and of course we'll have a Hark fan on this show in the coming weeks. Um, I'll be there in person. I cannot wait. Um, a lot of talk in, in the press down there about uh, forty-five to fifty thousand. Victory, incredibly impressive. Um, Kev, how do you see this one panning out? I'm just going to say here, I just think it's going to be a fantastic day anyway. I think so too. You know, uh, I think Hearts got the work cut out. 
They did last season as well, but they kicked off with the same uh, fixture last season, and Hart turned out incredibly well drilled uh, for that match. And they, they played a blinder in that game and came away with all three points, if I remember rightly, uh, as a result. This time, but having said that, their season then pretty much unfolded from that mm. point onwards. They never achieved anything like... Well, they knew how Victory were going to play last year and they played it perfectly yeah, in the did. opener. But it, they, did. they don't play Victory every week, so... And that was their problem. Uh, they, they never rose to the occasion from that point onwards. Um, I think this time they're not going to have the same uh, impact. Uh, I l- really, really am impressed with the way Victory have recruited. Uh, they've got a blockbuster side, great coach. Mm. I'd be very. It, uh, I'm, the margins are so tight in the league. Making any kind of predictions is uh, doomed to failure. Mm. Uh, but if I have to make a tip. They're my tip for glory this season. Mm. Uh, I think big they, call early on, but if, look. They, if they don't walk away with either the uh, the championship or the premiership, and should be considering that as a failure, mm. uh, there's no reason why they can't. I see. Mm. Um, so you're tipping a victory, victory. I am tipping a victory, victory. I think uh, I'll maybe say Hart will score, but victory will score more. So let's go two one. I'm going to go 2-2 because I just think these games are ding-dong battles and I think Hart probably will have Certainly Hart will a little bit going forward, I think. Uh, yeah. Harry, sure. of course, playing as well. But um, I still fancy, uh, I fancy victory. And aside from any issues with, with fans and, and uh, stories in the Herald Sun, I think it'll be a great day for the A-League. Uh, and that takes us on to Sunday, Kev, because Sunday, uh, the final two games of the A-League. And I think they're going to be very interesting games. Um, Wellington hosting uh, Brisbane Raw. Um, and Perth, they go to Adelaide, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, firstly, I had a quick chat with Ernie Merrick um, at the A-League launch. I just thought it would be interesting just to listen to a few words from Ernie about how, how Wellington are looking. Definitely, because um, uh, Phoenix, huge unknown quantities for this season coming. Uh, you know, they've got a few stars in there, mm. but... Not huge amount of recruitment gone on. No, and love, Cunningham um, is injured at the moment, and it uh, doesn't sound like uh, Carlos can play a full game, but overall, I think you're right. You're never quite sure with this team. Yeah. Um, but this is what Ernie had to say to us at the A League launch yesterday. Ernie, Brisbane Raw, first home game. Um, how close is the squad to, to where you want it to be? We've had 17 weeks of hard work, um, and it hasn't been fitness-based, that's a given. It's obviously always going to be very physically demanding, but it, it, it's a system of play that suits the Phoenix boys, and it's about getting the midfield right, and Carlos Hernandez has made a great difference there. It's about two new fullbacks, um, and uh, Rhys Kaira is doing a good job there, and Louis until he injured his shoulder, but the team's coming together really well. It's just a bad time probably to have the first game given it. The All Whites are away over in the USA playing a couple of international matches and we've got a couple of injuries at the last minute, especially Paul Eiffel and Kenny Cunningham. But, you know, there's there's been 22 players training regularly and pretty hard. We'll bring in some School of Excellence players and, and, and maybe another couple of uh, sort of Olympic-level New Zealand players on injury replacement or on national duty call-up and we should have a, still a competitive squad for the first match of those players that you might call up from the Olympic team? Um, we're looking at a boy called Jason Hicks, um, uh, Hamish Watson's in the under-20s, and Justin Gully. They played in Turkey, both of them. And um, there's an Auckland City player that we're looking at who's an experienced player, but I can't mention his name yet until we find out exactly what's going to happen. But on top of that, um, the, the extended squad has, has been quite good. We've all worked together, and if anything... Will, will certainly pressurise any team that wants to come over and think that it'll be an easy victory. I think we'll find this um, The word from New Zealand is that Carlos is looking... There you go. That was uh, Ernie Merrick. That was just part of a chat I had with Ernie. Uh, we're on iPhones, by the way, so we're just uh, basically doing the whole show on an iPhone. And I think uh, we've got a laptop here, so uh, bear with us. But look, that was interesting to talk to Ernie yesterday. Um, he's, uh, he, I think he's revitalised. Yeah. Uh, with this challenge and it's fantastic the amount of money they're putting into the club from the owners 
Um, I'm not talking about NZFA. I'm talking about the owners of this club. They've got a lot of money and they're putting it into this school of excellence. And uh, yeah, I wish them all the best. I've, I, I love going to Wellington. It's a lovely place. And Ernie's living at Oriental Bay, I'm told, and he's loving it there. And I don't blame him. Nice. Um, so final game. Final of game. I think the weekend. Fascinating game. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's two sides that we've both seen. We've seen both of the sides uh, against different opposition, of course. Um, uh, Adelaide, as we uh, mentioned earlier, hugely impressive in what they're trying to do. Uh, Defence, when we saw them against the Wanderers, a bit panicky when they were trying to play out from the back at times. Uh, ended up back-passing to Galekovic, who would then put the long ball up pitch and Adelaide inevitably losing the second ball. If they can avoid doing that, if well, they can get on top of the, uh, the playing out from the back, Everything else about their game was hugely impressive. And I think they were playing against a team that day, Wanderers, who pressed very high. They were pressing incredibly well. high. So I think you've got to put that into context. I don't think every team will, will press as high or as, as well as I think um, Wanderers, Wanderers identified and exploited their weakness immediately, mm. though. Uh, and having had that secret get out so soon, they need to get on top of it. Mm. Uh, otherwise, they, they will be... Mm. Uh, Pushed hard. And I think uh, Perth can, can press high as well. Yeah, Perth, on the other hand, different kettle of fish, yeah. you know, a much younger team uh, in many respects. You know, they've got a lot of young players brought in. Uh, but very impressive against Sydney. Not necessarily the benchmark you want to be gauging yourself against at this stage, given how many injuries they had in that match and that they were using experimental uh, setup with players uh, out of position. And Kevin, how good is some of the new signings? We talked earlier about Sydney Sciola, I think that's the pronunciation, but also Jamie McLaren. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he was looking very dangerous and apparently he's now in the reckoning for a first-team spot. Uh, he's forced himself in there. You can see, you could see why. I mean, uh, brace against Sydney. Uh, no matter whether it's an experimental side or not, if you can score twice mm. in a match uh, against a league opposition, mm. even if they are testing their own depth, uh, you've got to be in contention for uh, first team mm. slot. Looks great. Uh, good attitude. Ryan Edwards in support with them there as well. Uh, he was looking very good. Um, generally. Uh, I'm, my loyalties have always been divided in terms of uh, teams between the Mariners and Perth Glory. Uh, Perth Glory, yeah, probably my favourite side in the league. I can't necessarily tip them for the top, uh, but I certainly think they'll be uh, contenders to make it into the finals, strong contenders for the finals. Uh, uh, yeah, I, th- I think we both we both want to see Perth do well, and with the new stand as well yeah. at NIB Stadium, it looks terrific. And if they can fill that and really raise the atmosphere and have a good season, and players like De Silva didn't play the day that we saw Perth. Yeah, they didn't have um, Lubo as well, who's since left the club. Smelts didn't play as well. So yeah. um, there's a there's a little bit of uh, depth there, and I think they're going to re-sign Jamison as well. So there's a little bit of stability as well. Yeah, I mean at the, at the end of the day, you know they had a. a a good core side previously. Uh, they just need to uh, to bring uh, the the youngsters through, and I think you know Ali Edwards got uh, experience in doing that. If he can, if he can raise the youngsters up to A League standards, they could have a very very strong side and go on a great run. Um, Adelaide, Melbourne Victory, two strongest sides in the competition for my money at the moment. Now, uh, with Brisbane Roar probably pushing them hard in third place. Mm. Thanks for that, Kevin. That was great. That was the first edition of 442 FM. Wehey. Wehey, our first podcast of the season. It, it is without Jacko, although he does all the intros he did before he left. So Jacko's still part of the show. So look, thanks so much for your time, Kevin. I also want to thank all the guests who were on today. Um, Adam, uh, Zdrilla, uh, Josh Berlant, Ernie American, and of course the fan from Melbourne Victory. And we will see you next week after round one of the A-League. See you then.